So Abigail realizes if she doesn't get involved, oy vey. So here's the wisdom of this woman. Abigail hastened and she took 200 loaves of bread, two jugs of wine, five prepared sheep, roasted or cooked, and five sa'ah, which is an ancient measurement of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of figs, and she placed them on the donkeys. Quite a package. She said to her lads, go ahead with me. Behold, I am following you. But she did not tell her husband, Naval, of her plans. It was she was, As she was riding on the donkey and descending on the hidden slope of the mountain, and behold, David and his men were descending towards her, and she met them. David had said to himself, Indeed, in vain did I protect everything that was this one's in the wilderness. Nothing was lost from all of his, and he repaid me with evil for all the good I have done. And David continues sticking to himself, So shall God do to the enemies of David. A euphemism, meaning David himself, and so shall he continue. In other words, he's kind of swearing and saying, If I leave of all that is his until morning, any who urinates against the wall. That's quite a uh, derogatory reference to males. David swore that he would not leave any males of Naval's family alive. I'm sure you never heard that expression before. Um, other people say he was literally saying he will not leave anything remaining in Naval's house, not even a dog, which is an animal that often urinates at the wall. Anyway, Abigail saw David as David's having these thoughts, and she hastened and dismounted from the pond the donkey, and she fell on her face before David and prostrated herself to the ground. She fell at his feet, and she said, Be ani adoni. The iniquity, the mistake is with me, my lord. I am the guilty one. But please let your maidservant talk in your ear and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let my lord not pay attention to this scoundrel. <laughs> She's talking about her husband, why? Because he is exactly like his name. Famous expression from the Tanakh. His name says everything it is that, that's about him. He's a scoundrel. But I, your maidservant, did not see my lord's lads whom you sent. Had I encountered them, I would have taken care of the issue myself. Now, my Lord, as the Lord lives and your soul lives, for the Lord has prevented you from coming to bloodshed. In other words, I'm sure Hashem gave me enough time to come here before you would actually do all this bloodshed so that I could stop you from doing this and thereby prevent you from avenging yourself by taking the law into your own hand and acting with force. Now may your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be like Naval and receive a similar punishment to the fate that awaits him. As you can see, there was no love lost between this woman and her husband. Now this tribute that your maidservant has brought to my lord, let it be given to the lads that follow after my lord. Please forgive the transgressions of your maidservants. Once again, Abigail accepts the responsibility for not responding properly to David's request. For the lord will establish for my lord an enduring house. You're going to build an enduring kingdom, says this wise woman, for my Lord fights the wars of the Lord. In other words, my Lord, as in you, David, fights the wars of God, 
and evil has not been found in you in your days. A person rose to pursue you and to seek your life, referring to Shaul. May the soul of my Lord be bound in the bound of life with the Lord of Hashem. Interesting, she says the words, And it's those words, just a little paraphrase, that are on every single Jewish grave. If you've ever seen the, Jew, the letters, Taf nun tzadik bet hei. Tehei nishmata, may their soul be bound in the bond of life. That's what it stands for. And over here she uses the words, Vaitan nefesh adoni which is basically those words. Um, and may you remain alive. Alternatively, this expression is referring to the world to come after your life. Your soul will be kept to God alongside all other righteous souls, which is the context we put it in on the graves, obviously. And the souls of your enemies may cast away from before God as from the pocket of a slingshot. Interesting, some mystics explain this verse as the journey of the soul in heaven. Um, some of the beautiful journeys, some not of the beautiful journeys. For example, that last thing, the pocket of a slingshot, is called kafakela, which is, according to um, Jewish mysticism, is a spiritual uh, torture, or cleansing, rather, that a soul goes through when they're in heaven and they have to go through a specific kind of cleansing. Evidently, David was a well-known figure, and reports of his anointment had already reached the populace. So she says like this, It shall be when the Lord has performed for my Lord in accordance with all the good that he spoke in your regard, and he appointed you ruler over Israel. Let this proposed act, the killing of Naval, not be a stumbling block for you or a moral obstacle that will bring remorse for my Lord to have shed blood for nothing, for my Lord to have avenged himself. Remember, when you become King David, she's saying, this action will not provide you with peace of mind or honor. Any blood that you've spilled now was justified battles. This is unnecessary. Maybe she's also referring to Shaul's vengeance, that he killed the city of Nov out of revenge. It's not good for you, Lord. When the Lord performs good for you and you will ascend to greatness, you shall remember your maidservant and my statements. This is one courageous individual. Wow. And the story continues. David is blown away. David says to Abigail, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Asher Shlachech Hayom Likrati. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you towards me on this day. Blessed is your counsel, Baruch Ta'amech, your reasoning, your logic, your intelligence. Ubrucha At, and blessed are you, Asher Kilisini Ayem Azemi Bebedamim. You have restrained me on this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself by my hand. The Ulam, indeed, as the Lord God of Israel who prevented me from harming you lives, for you have not hastened. For had you not hastened and come towards me, there surely would have not been nothing left of Naval by the light of the morning. And again, he uses the expression, anything that urinates against the wall. Basically, had you not arrived and spoken, your entire household would have really suffered a terrible fate. By Yikach David Miyada, David took that which she had brought him from her hand, and he said to her, Go to your hand in peace. See, I have heeded your voice, and I have favored you. I will not kill Nabal. 
Abigail comes back home to her lovely husband, Nabal. And behold, there was a feast for him in the house, like the feast of a king, a large celebration. Remember, this was at the stage where they were shearing the sheep. And as we said yesterday, they made a big party of it. He was plastered, very drunk, very proud of himself. So she did not tell him anything, small or great, until the light of the morning. And it was in the morning when the wine left Naval, maybe he had a hangover, who knows. His wife told him everything that happened, that David planned on killing him and that she brought peace. His heart died within him and he became like stone. He was so overcome with terror he could not speak. Basically he realized what kind of danger he had been in and that he was actually incapable of defending himself. It was after approximately 10 days that his heart had died within him, the Lord struck Naval and he died. I'm not sure if he actually had a heart attack previously or just literally went to an absolute panic attack, but the point is within 10 days, God kills him. David hears the news that Naval died and he didn't kill him. He says, Baruch Hashem, blessed is the Lord who contended the cause of my disgrace from the hand of Naval and avenged my dishonor and withheld his servant from evil. In other words, I didn't kill him. And the Lord returned the evil of Naval upon his head. Well, sometime later, guess what? David sends messengers and spoke concerning Abigail to take her for him as a wife. She made an impression. She was an intelligent woman. And uh, she owned him at that time. In other words, she really uh, put him in his place. <clears throat> David's servants came to Abigail to Carmel and they spoke to her and they said, David sent us to you to take you for him as a wife. She rose, prostrated herself to the ground and said, as though directly addressing David, represented by his messengers, Here is your, maid, your handmaiden as a maidservant to wash the feet of my Lord's servants. In other words, I was prepared to be your handmaid. I would definitely agree to marry you. <clears throat> Abigail hastened. And she rose and she rode upon the donkey with her five maidens and followed after, who followed after and accompanied her as she was a widow of a wealthy man. She followed David's messengers and she became a wife. And Achinoam, David took from Israel another village in Judah. Ah, ah, yes, Achinoam. And both of them, Abigail and Achinoam, became wives to him. However, Michal, who was supposed to go to David, remember that was the deal, um, that David won the war against Goliath, he would get the king's daughter. Shaul had given Michal, his daughter, David's wife, to another man, Palti ben Laish, who was from Galim, in the inheritance of Benjamin, which is where Saul's from. And we go back to the story of Shaul in the following chapter 26.